In a 30-minute televised speech, President Cyril Ramaphosa read a list of names during his national address on Wednesday. Alicia Korki and Lindelwa Penny. All of these names were of young women from various parts of the country who differ in age, religious background and vocation. However, they have one thing in common. All of them are young women or were young women who were killed by men. Their killers thought they could silence them. But we will not forget them and we will speak for them where they themselves cannot. In recent weeks, news headlines have been dominated by reports of several cases of gender-based violence. One such case was that of Tsekhofatso Pule, who was eight months pregnant. The 28-year-old was found hanging from a tree in a felt in the Ruedepoort. And she had also been stabbed through the chest. Her death sent a wave of outrage in South Africa and reignited the public's pleas to government for better policy and swifter action. We will speak for the innocent souls of Tsekhofaso, Pule's unborn daughter, who had already been given a name. The man accused of killing Pule has been arrested and appeared in court on Wednesday on a murder charge. And as a father to daughters, I am appalled at what is no less than a war that is being waged against the women and the children of our country. At a time when the coronavirus pandemic has left us all feeling vulnerable and uncertain, violence is being unleashed on the women and children of our country with a brutality that defies any form of comprehension. The women of our country are being raped. They are being killed by men. These rapists and killers walk amongst us. They are in our communities. They are fathers. They are brothers. They are our sons and our friends. They are violent men with utterly no regard for the sanctity of human life. You're listening to The Story. It's a podcast by News24. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story. This is what we saw, heard and uncovered this week. Following the surge in gender-based violence cases in South Africa in recent weeks, the president himself has come on board to address the issue. Uh, On Wednesday night, Ramaphosa said 21 women and children have been killed in the past few weeks. We are now joined by News24's political editor, Gunita Hunter. Gunita, good day to you. What would your response be to Ramaphosa's 
suggestion. I think that the president really had to say something. He has been issuing statements, um, but when he addressed the nation on Wednesday evening, he had to take into account the spike uh, in gender-based violence that we've seen over the last few weeks. I think that Ramaphosa uh, kind of treaded very carefully around the matter, saying that you know these are not just men who are monsters, uh, or, or, or inferring uh, that that the men who commit these crimes are actually people who live amongst us. And I thought that was an important distinction to make because very often politicians characterize the perpetrators of gender-based violence as these obscure monsters who live on the fringe of society. When we know as a fact that you are more likely to be killed by someone uh, that you know as a female in South Africa. And I thought that it was quite interesting, uh, uh, to see that he paid so much of attention to this matter, you know, saying that these are not statistics, that these are people who have been killed, these are women who have been killed, and obviously this will sort of create a good momentum in the rest of his administration as they deal now with, with again, just yet another spike in in gender-based violence. During the lockdown, uh, there was an increase in calls for help when it came to gender-based violence to to helplines, and most recently we've had the brutal killing of Tsekhofatso Pule, which seemed to have been the catalyst of a a new consciousness, if you will, in terms of gender-based violence. Um, So the president, as you rightly say, had to react, but will he now do something about it? Yeah, so the interesting thing is that we have to now look at what action is is put in place. Now, Ramaphosa said something very interesting. He said that, you know, parliamentarians need to process without delay the legislation to curb gender-based violence. And this, these types of legislations was introduced last year when we saw that massive spike in, in gender-based violence in around September, October last year. But now it has come out that parliament actually doesn't really know anything about it and that actually his own administration hasn't put forward any any bills to parliament uh, to process and so it's quite interesting that parliament has sort of exposed Ramaphosa's administration to be all talk to say you know the, the speaker of the national assembly effectively saying um, on Thursday morning that we're ready to process this but you know bills have to come through through cabinet ministers, and there, has, there hasn't been anything that has been put forward. So you're already seeing this kind of disconnect. Um, and, and I think we're going to see a lot of it uh, moving forward, particularly around the issue of policing, the issue of bail, the issue, um, you know, Ramaphosa has said over and over again that there shouldn't be bail um, given to, to, to um, perpetrators of gender-based violence. So we need to see now whether this will actually uh, take place. And so, so really, you know, South Africa, we've, we've been around this, this circle so many times. And, and I don't know um, if politicians have the will to, to sort out this problem besides saying things, you know, and, and issuing uh, statements. So now what we need to do is really monitor each commitment that government makes and really, really hold them accountable. Bonita, obviously this is not only a political problem, it's also a societal problem and I don't want to employ your services as a sociologist or a psychologist, but certainly as someone who has been following social media, um, you will have noticed that there is a strong sense of denial uh, among South Africans and among South African men 
about gender-based violence. We've had a lot of men coming out saying not all men are like that and trying to sort of disassociate themselves from uh, these incidences of gender-based violence. Do you think that we as a society don't take gender-based violence seriously enough? I think so. And I think that every time we see these gruesome incidents, we express shock and horror and then life moves on. Not taking into cognizance the fact that, first of all, gender-based violence and abuse continues on a daily basis. Secondly, our policing system is not geared to effectively deal with it and to take the side of the victim. The third thing is that that we have not effectively seen uh, real and substantial consequences in a way that sets an effective deterrent. And I think that um, at some point, you cannot, we cannot be having discussions in South Africa around, around, you know, it's not all men and, you know, some men are good. Those conversations are, I mean, who, who, who's killing us? Who's killing women? And so, so the reality of it is that we need to have these conversations as society in, in a way that, that says these, these are, these are our brothers, these are our, our uncles, these are our fathers that are committing these crimes um, and, and really move beyond just lip service. And I think that that there was an indication to to create harsher sentences as a deterrent, but but I don't know if that's deterrent enough. And I think that's when you, where you need to probably get a sociologist in Riyadh to say, you know, is that is why aren't rapists and and murderers and and men who abuse children scared? when they commit their crimes. There seems to not be any consequences or or, they, or or nothing serves as a deterrent to them. So how do you change that system? Hopefully it starts with some political will. Uh, what has the Minister of Women and the Presidency's uh, response been to uh, the, mo- the more recent incidences of gender-based violence? What, what has that department done in effectively uh, working towards change? Uh, you know, they, she, she issues a statement, government is committed to eradicating gender-based violence. Where is the, where is the particular uh, p- policy decisions in terms of, of funding uh, uh, um, investigations into rape um, at, at a local police level? That department and that ministry uh, promised to give out sanitation pads I don't know two or three years ago it hasn't so 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 and then we hope that this ministry is going to help eradicate gender-based violence and femicide when they can't barely um, you know do their jobs and and um, issuing statements um, calling for arrests is really not going not going to change um, uh, the way these things work what is the government's policy or, or, or change in policy about about uh, getting restricted Restraining orders, for example. There's so many issues that 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 that, that department can can lead and 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 and, and um, champion. Yet all we hear from it is government is committed to eradicate gender-based violence. I can be committed to doing something and do nothing about it. I can just you know have goodwill, and goodwill alone is not going to bring back um, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women who are victims to femicide in South Africa. So the talking continues and yet we sit with blood on our collective hands. That was News 24's political editor, Kunita Hunter. Thanks so much for your time, Kunita. Thank you very much for having me. And that's it from us this week. I am Rian Grobler and our producer is Nokutula Manyati.